Shut up and sit down. Hello, strangers, and welcome to Strangers in Cinema. I am one of your co-hosts, Paul Anderson, here with co-host Grace Williams. Grace, how are you? We've been off for a while, so are you well? I haven't I'm seen you. Thanks. That's a lie. I've seen you at the quiz, but yeah, I'm great, thank you. And and in the snow day, and I, I saw you on the snow day when I had my little rucksack and I was trying to slip around when it snowed. You did, yes. You yeah. look you look very graceful. No pun intended. <laughs> so that's, I'm, I can't believe I made that joke. I'm sorry, everyone at it's home. Fine. Everyone um, makes that joke. Yeah, so we were off last week because I was unwell. Um, so that's sort of messed around with our schedule a little bit. So apologies, everyone. Uh, we did have a guest lined up for this episode, had it been recorded last week, but he <laughs> can't make it this week. Uh, so Jeff Harmer will be joining us next week when we will still be talking about Ridley Scott's legend next week yeah. so that will be happening on next week's episode which is all very exciting mm. uh, and we should hopefully return to some sense of normality in terms of having the show up on a Thursday or Friday <laughs> next week so apologies for messing everyone around but quite a lot's happened in film news since we last did our show because I think we lasted the show on the morning that the Oscar nominations were yep. due to come out but they hadn't come out at the point that we'd done the show uh, but they have now been announced, haven't they, Grace? They have, but um, still no host. No still no. Host I don't confirmed. think they are they're, doing they're not the host. Having are they? A host. What are they going to do? Uh, well, gonna... they've ignored all our suggestions for trying yeah, to fix hello, it. Idiots. Which, yeah, so Hale and Pace aren't doing it, which so, I think is a, a great yeah, loss. Stupid. Um, What's going to happen? So yeah, I I then I think it could work. I think potentially. Robot. Do you think it could? AI think and AI. Robot? Is I thought come the out? like the idea was they were going to have different. Different, different actors doing different bits. Different bits, or like a variety show, like the gang show. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll work. But more importantly, the hosts, uh, we're going to talk about the nominations. And I'm, this will probably be the last time we do awards nominations, because I'm aware that this time of year, when you do a film podcast, like it's almost it's almost too easy just to go, oh, look, the BAFTA nominations are out. Let's listen to nominations and talk about them. It's the same as but, the Oscars, pretty much. Yeah, but, you know, the Oscars, whether like it or loathe it, that's the big one. They're still there. So yeah, I think we need to. I think we should run down some of the Oscar nominations and, yeah. and see what and see what we think. That's cool. Um, so starting with what can I can see in front of me here? Best picture. <sighs> I get confused with best picture every year. They keep adding on so many, and I'm just sort of like, yeah, like all the films have been nominated, haven't they? What? <laughs> Not all the films, uh, just, Grace. Uh, just eight. Just eight. <laughs> so. <laughs> Most of the films ever. Right, so running down this list for best, best picture, we've got Black Panther gets a nod, um, okay. which is nice for Marvel recognition, but I think Infinity War is a better film. Exactly. Uh, Black Klansman gets a nod. Yeah, Spike. Good. Good one. Bohemian. Uh, <laughs> the Favourite gets a nod. Yep, Good. Why not? I'd love The Favourite. I thought it was fantastic. Yep. Green Book gets a nod, which yeah. I haven't seen yet. You have. Yes. You liked it, I Loved think. Loved it. Um, yeah. Roma deservedly gets a nod here because it is a marvelous piece of achievement that you I will watch that you it. should you will definitely whether you whether you enjoy it or not. And I think uh, Pete did say this when when he was with us um, was that that whatever you think of Roma as a film, yeah. you need to bask in its technical accomplishments because it is staggeringly beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, I like, was even told jaw droppingly so. I, when I went to the Odeon the other day, even someone at the Odeon was like, "Have you seen Roma yet?" I was like, "Why are you telling me to yeah. watch Roma?" But yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's incredible, know. incredible piece yeah. of cinema. Uh, and then we've got Star is Born. Oh, for God's sake. Which I don't think should be on the list, to be honest. And then Vice is also nominated for Best Picture, which has proved divisive. Divisive. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like I, I liked Vice. I have to say, I've seen I, it. I, I still haven't it. seen it yet because I've just, just there's been so many good films out recently where I'm just sort of trying to slot them all in. But I'd agree with about fifty percent of that list. Do you think what stands out as what stands out as shouldn't have been Bohemian Rhapsody oh, should not be on shouldn't. that list? Yeah. I don't think Black Panther should just because in terms of filmmaking and technicality, Infinity War was a way superior film. Um, I'm not I taking think, away from Black yeah, Panther. I think Black why it's there. Yeah, Black Panther's there. I think more for its cultural importance. Yeah. I would say, yeah. which, and it's not. Don't get me wrong. I don't dislike Black Panther. Yeah. I enjoyed it. No. Probably more. It's one of my one of my uh, what better liked Marvel movies right. I would say but right. I still I think in, on sort of repeated yeah. viewings I think Infinity was the better film in comparison with lots so. of other um, Marvel films as well it's, you know it's it's uh, I, for me it's certainly not even the best Marvel film spanning like a decade so no. the fact that none of them have been nominated is a bit odd to me but that's yeah. fine um, Black Handsman I'm really happy that that's on there that was a really amazing film um, I'm really happy for Spike Lee he's one of the greatest directors working today um and um but yeah bohemian rhapsody for goodness sake academy what are you doing i think it's just they're desperately trying to appeal to a a wider audience to be honest i can't see any other reason for it because as i mean we've said before and we'll probably say it again if it does win anything on on the day it's like like it or loathe it like that's fine i don't care yeah but technically it's not a very well put together film no it's honestly it's again like we were just talking um before we came on air about um like telly movies and like what how it it, it just seemed it did did seem like a channel four or bbc yeah. biopic of queen so no not oscar no okay Sorry. but generally happy enough for that list what would you like to win um oh that's so difficult for me okay here's the here's two questions okay. then. here's two questions what do you think will win and what do you want to win um i think Black Panther has a chance of winning because it won the Screen, Screen Actors Guild yep. Award, and that's usually an indicator. Although I think perhaps they won't let Roma win, um, so maybe it's a toss-up between the favourite Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther. Um, I want either Black Klansman, the favourite, or Green Book to okay. win personally. So I think. Mm. Mm, I want the favourite to win. I think out of mm. all of those, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be adverse to Roma winning either no. uh, on that basis because again, it's yeah. just such an accomplishment. Yeah. I think either Black Panther or the favourite will win. Yeah. Personally, yeah. that's where yeah. I'm going with that. If I a star if is was... born wins this, I'm literally just going to turn my back on the film industry and cry. <laughs> like literally, if that, if that movie gets an, an Oscar nod, for goodness, I'm probably one of the few people who actually walked out of Star Is Born, aren't I? I'm, I'm I think really so. Bad. I didn't think it was that bad. I think I, I don't think it's as good as it's been cracked up to be in certain corners. But I, I didn't think it was like walkout bad. I mean, the, oh, bearing in mind the only other film I've walked out of was Alexander. Uh, and War of Steven Spielberg's War of the World. Did you so walk was, out on that? I mean, I was very drunk, so oh, I'm not going to count that as a as a walkout. I to think be the fair, only but... film I've lit- actively stopped watching was Mordecai. Right. Okay. It's Ooh. like it's the Mordecai challenge where you sort of go, how much of this film can you watch? And then people, the most one of my friends has managed to do is half an hour. Wow. Okay. I mean, I've seen, you know, I struggle. I, I would say if I've walked out of a trailer, it's the Mordecai <laughs> yeah. trailer. So yeah. Yeah. Right. 
So Mort Dekai would leave that <laughs> to on one the side. Um, leading actor and actress. So lead actor, we've got Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, yeah. Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, which is not out over here no, yet, I don't no. think, or it has come out and we've not seen it. Uh, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen, Green Book. Um, Viggo Mortensen and Green Book was like so and will. Good. That's what we're after. I want like to win and will win. What are you thinking? Like to win, Viggo Mortensen will win. Rami Malek. Okay. Like to win, Christian Bale will win Rami Malek. That's where I stand. Because right. Christian Bale in Vice is okay. fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> right, lead actress. Uh, Yalitza Aparicio for Roma. Glenn Close for The Wife. Olivia Coleman for The Favourite. Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born. And Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me. Oh, like to win and will win. Um, Like to win... Uh, Melissa McCarthy will win Olivia Coleman. You think Melissa you would like Melissa McCarthy? Yeah, to I'd win. like her to win. Okay. I think I think I think yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But um <laughs> we'll yeah. chat about that later. But yeah, no, I think Olivia I mean I'm fine with either of them really, yeah. but I think Olivia Coleman will win it. I would like Olivia Coleman to win it. Yeah. And I think, think I've got a feeling it might go to Glenn Close. Do you know what? Actually, that is a good shout because they do that sometimes. Don't they? I haven't they seen the wife like yet, it. admittedly, but it might be like, oh, she's old. We'll give her an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> she's all right. She'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. I mean, I, I yeah, it's going to be a bit of a common going close. I think. Yeah. You might say it's going to be close. It's going to be a close. Right. Anyway, supporting actor. We won't do all. We won't. We're not going to do all of the all of the uh, the categories. No, supporting no. actor. Marishala, Marishala Ali for Green Book. Adam Driver for Black Klansman. Sam Elliott, Star Is Born. Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell for Vice. Um, uh, I want Marishala Ali. I always say his name wrong. It's really bad. I've been trying to say it. For Mahershala, years. I think. Mahershala. Is, yeah. That's it, of course. Mahershala Ali. I would like him to win. Who's gonna? Who is gonna win? Oh, it's gonna be Richard. It's going to be Richard, isn't it? You think it'd be Richard E. Grant? Because he was so excited about getting nominated. I so... think it's going to be Sam Elliott. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I hope not. Okay. You really didn't like... A Star is Born. I really didn't. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, world. A Star is Worn out. A Star is Worn out. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, right. Let's listen more quickly. Sport. Supporting actress, Amy Adams Vice, Marina Di Tavira for Roma, Regina King if Bill Street could talk, Emma Stone for The Favourite and Rachel Vice for The Favourite. Oh, tough. I would like Regina King to win for If Beale Street Could Talk, but I think it's going to go to either Emma Stone or Rachel Weisz. I think one of them's going to win a BAFTA or one of them's going to win an Oscar. I don't know. Something yeah, else. I can see... I think it'll go to... Well, I haven't seen If Beale Street Could Talk, yeah. but I don't think you can really... I don't think it's really fair to um, to unpair the Emma Stone-Rachel Weisz double act yeah, from The Favourite. Yeah. I think that should... And this is not how award ceremonies work. Personally, I think that should probably be a joint nomination. Yeah, yeah. Because they play off each other so well. Yeah, like I don't think one performance necessarily works yeah, without yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah, so exactly. on that basis, being that that I think is too close to core, I think it would be Regina King. Yeah. But I haven't seen if Bill Street could talk yet. So. Yeah. Uh, best director. Here we go. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. I'll probably after animated feature. Oh, I think. I want to do sound design. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Pavel Pawlowski for Cold War. Yorgos Lanthimos for the favourite. Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. This is a fucking tight category. Yeah. Uh, Adam McKay for Vice. Um, I would like Spike Lee to win it for sure. I think. He's the wrong answer. For you, sure. <laughs> but I think, luckily for you. 
and unluckily for me, I think, um, how do you pronounce this? Pawel- 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 Oh, my friend, all my Polish Pavel friends are going to be like, why are you doing, what are you doing? Yeah, him. He's going to win it. <laughs> I think he's going to win it. He should win it. Have you seen Cold War yet? No. It's fucking incredible. Like, I will. I'll just, get round to it. You, you should. But, Absolutely should. But Spike Lee, ju- for his whole body of work for that film, for the fact that he actually deserves an Oscar, that film was so underrated. It was a wonderful film. Right. I think so, I think I would like Pawlowski to win for Cold War. Yeah. Uh, but I think Alfonso Cuarón will win for Roma. Do you think? Do you think they'll let? Him I think they'll give film? some. I think they'll give something to Roma because it is the, honestly, it's that much yeah, of an sure. accomplishment that I they just, can't. They can't just ignore it. I know they can't ignore it out of spite. It's that good a film. I just feel like if they let it win anything, then it. I think it will just change the face of the industry. I don't know, but which might be needed. But it might. I don't know. It's weird. Who knows? I th- we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's do. What else? Do you want to do animated yeah, feature, let's do and animated. then and then we'll do foreign language, and then we'll move on to the next section. So animated feature: Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph breaks the internet, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, and that's it. Um, I want Isle of Dogs to win because it's so fucking good. Um, but Spider Verse is gonna win it. I want Spider Verse to win it, and Spider Verse is gonna win it. Fair enough. Uh, best live action short film: Detainment. <laughs> that's uh, it. Four, five. 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 Marguerite, Mother and Skin. Mother. Mother or Marguerite. Uh, okay. Yes. Mother is like a low budget. I'm so I'm so lucky to have seen these two. A low budget, just two two members of cast. It all happens in one room and it's just so amazing. And as is um Marguerite as well. It's a really lovely story about an old lady and her care worker. Okay. So I'm happy with either of those. Uh, and then the last one I want to cover off uh, because there's a certain film on this list that I love uh, Capernaum this is best foreign language film sorry Capernaum which isn't out over here yet because I saw a trailer for it at the cinema yesterday uh, Cold War <laughs> Cold War uh, Never Look Away a German film which I've not seen yet Roma um, and Shoplifters that's quite a tight category as well yeah I think I think um, what have, you seen, have you seen any in that list? I haven't no so Shoplifters is fantastic, yeah. Roma is incredible, and Cold War is... I'm going to let you decide. I, I, it will be, I want it to be Cold War, and I think it will be Cold War. There's you... an outside chance it will be Roma, but yeah. I think, the net, as you say, the Netflix thing is kind okay. of a wild card on Roma. Okay, fair um, enough. So yeah, we won't go through all the rest of the lists no. of the Oscar nominations, uh, but yeah, let us know what you think. Sorry we're a little bit late to the party with that, because we've been off. Um, right. But we'll be back after this break with what we've been watching. Welcome back, and we're going to be talking now about what we have been watching. Yes, Grace, that was enthusiasm. <laughs> that was enthusiasm, not sarcasm this time. That you know, you'll never, you'll never get to hear, listeners, the original introduction, which sounded just rife with sarcasm, and as if Grace didn't want to be here. But thankfully, she does, and we've done it again for Yay. you. So that's good. Uh, so yeah, so I've been watching some films, as have you, I'm sure. Um, we yeah the one thing one the one thing I wanted to bring up is uh, people may or may not be aware that Strangers in a Cinema when it was first set up did used to be a short film review website way before it was a podcast uh, and I would very much like and Grace is on board with this idea as well um, to I've spoken for you there I assume you are yeah yeah um, I'm on on it Let's good it. Um, yeah so I don't see any reason why we can't bring back short film reviews into this very podcast so in the same way that people used to do we can't gu- I can't guarantee we'll do the amount of short films that we used to review on the website mm. when it was a mm. website because that was a lot of work and we got 
I'd say, 50 or 60 films a week at that point. But Crikey. send us some films. If they pique our interest, we will review them on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that has piqued our interest, and uh, not only because the director is a long-term listener and friend of the show and has actually co-guest-hosted the show with me. Uh, so this is uh, Michael Beddoe's latest film, um, starring Robbie Gaskill and James Dreyfus, who people might know from some BBC comedy work. Just I've completely forgotten the name of the show that he's on now, as I always forget. But but regardless, you you will definitely know his face. He's a recognisable actor for sure, which is good. Which is good. Uh, this is Sequins, um, and this tells the story of a schoolboy who is struggling to come to. No, well, not necessarily struggling to come to terms with his sexuality. I'd say his his schoolmates are struggling to come to terms with his sexuality, and he's been bullied for being gay, mm-hmm. um, which is all pretty fucking horrible, uh, and. But in the meantime, he is kind of dabbling with sort of putting on makeup and potentially looking like he would quite like to go into drag and become a drag queen. Mm. Um, So in the midst of hiding from some school bullies, he walks into uh, a drag club in Blackpool um, to try and essentially to sort of get away from some bullies, I think is the the gist of it. Uh, And whilst that happens, he catches uh, a performance by Mimi, Blackpool's finest drag artist, played incredibly well by James Dreyfus here. Um... And just basically kind of means, like, I want to do what you do. Uh, James Dreyfus's character, Mimi, takes him under his wing. Uh, and then the film has an incredible finale at the school talent fest, the school Aww. talent show, uh, where he finally gets to uh, unleash his inner drag queen, shall yeah. we say. Um, I've ruined the story there completely, yeah, so apologies. That's what happens. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's a, it's a fantastic piece of work. Uh, Michael's a filmmaker that we've been uh, very fond of uh, on the show for a number of years now and we've mm. reviewed quite a few I'd say maybe not not certainly not all but I'd say quite a lot of his films we've, we've reviewed on the show and it's been it's been a genuine pleasure I think the the great thing about that is it's been a genuine pleasure just to see sort of a filmmaker develop and yeah. come up through with with more and more sort of confident work and and his work has been certainly getting better and better mm-hmm. um, and we've always liked his films and Sequins is it's a superb piece of work Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's heartwarming. Uh, it's engaging. The story the story's great. It's it couldn't be more current, um, and it's just yeah, it's just an it's an absolute joy to watch. Uh, and my understanding is they might be looking for uh, there might there's potential I think for maybe adapting this into a feature, but I'm not sure how much okay. of that I'm allowed to talk about. Ooh. Maybe I shouldn't have even said that, but we shall find out. Um, and I just dribbled there, listeners at home, for anyone that's intrigued. Uh, sorry, Grace. <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, I'm that excited. Uh, I'm that excited. But no, um, moving, moving away from that. Um, yeah, Sequins is fantastic. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know where. Uh, well, it will be doing the film festival circuit um, very, very soon. So keep an eye out at your keep an eye out at film festivals because I know he's looking to put it into some film festivals. So keep an eye out for it. Um, it's a great piece of work. If you haven't seen it, then... Or if you haven't seen any of Michael Beddoe's further work, just Google Michael Beddoe's and check out his earlier films because they're all really rather good. Rather good. So, uh, yes, what have you been watching? I've watched so much. I've been going to the cinema all the time. It's been amazing. Um, But I'll start with the (laughs) not-so-good. Well, it wasn't not-so-good. It was just, like, really trashy. I watched this film called The Affair with Carrie Eulis. And it was, like... It was so so awful but it was amazing at the same time so it was about um this governor chap i get confused with american politics what who the hierarchy is but played by carrie yules who's running for senator and there's some scandal going on about whether he's had an affair or not um so he 
he goes out of town to sort of I think get like the press away and his wife ends up having her own affair with a, a sculptor how many affairs are in this film just the one there's like a okay. a maybe an affair that right. then fuels a real affair you see that's the, so should it not be called the affairs because uh... uh, only one actually happened right, okay. anyway sorry you were saying yeah. you mentioned sculptor yes so the wife the wife of the soon to be senator has a, a weekend fling with a sculptor who turns out to be crazy okay and he's like Oh, she keeps hearing him going, Veronica, Veronica. And he's like, turns up to her work and goes, I love you, Veronica. And she's like, no, no, I've only known you for two days. I don't love you. It's just a fling. You can't be here. And it just like ends up being really, there's some amazing like cheesy um, shots where like um, Veronica goes off with Carrie Ewells on a boat and then the sculptors on the, on the, um, decking of the of the harbour like looking on on a sunset with some really cheesy music it was like amazing it's so bad it was amazing you so know bad, it's so bad it's so fun so bad it's fun i don't like the term so bad it's good you'll learn so that because i don't think that's so a thing, bad but... it's a joy where can we see this um amazon prime um i love carrie eulers just because um robin hood men in tights and princess bride are two of my favorite films of all time well that's fair <laughs> oh well, well i'd say prince princess bride's fair i'm not sure if men in tights would rank as a favorite film of all time but princess bride certainly is no, uh, not my favorite film certainly of all time, is wonderful certainly a soft spot for me um so yeah i watched i watched that that's 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 the worst i think i've seen um, in a while from, or there's just this week oh apart from Killers with Ashton Kutcher and Catherine Heigl but I don't even want to get into how awful that was I don't want to really sort of give it any credence what have you been watching? <laughs> uh, I have been watching uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3 or How to Train Your Dragon colon The Hidden World Three, yeah, it's it's the third, no, oh, okay. it's the third one. Uh, how was that? Uh, mostly good. Yeah. Um, not quite the epic, rousing send-off I was expecting because I love the first two films with mm. the, with with that. I just I just love them. I love yeah. Toothless. I love Hiccup. I just love the world they've built. I love yeah. the quality of the animation. The flying scenes are incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't quite as good as I thought it would be. If I'm honest, it's not bad. It's not a disaster. There's a lot of fun to be had, especially with the scenes between the two dragons because there's a light fury now. Uh, so Toothless has got mm. a girlfriend, which is very, very sweet. Oh, nice. Uh, hence the two new Funko Pops you may have seen on, on the speakers oh, yeah. in the lounge. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. The, the the charm is still there. My only real problems with it are there's, there's a creeping sense of over-familiarity. It's just like there's right. yet another villain in this that's just oh, more powerful than the last. And it's just, yeah, it's just like, no, does it really need a villain at this point? Mm. Like, and I don't I don't think it really does. And it's just like, okay, we've seen, the, we've seen a powerful villain in number two, and now you've got another villain that's come back in number three. And it just feels a bit superfluous to to the rest of what's going on. I think they could have probably done quite a, quite a nice film night sorry it probably could have made a, a, an interesting film without necessi- necessarily needing a villain this time around yeah. like wrapping up what it is for um toothless and hiccup to grow apart and like toothless toothless needs to go off and have his own family and it's all very nice oh, and, yeah. yeah that's quite that's, yeah. yeah the, the end the end's lovely Ooh. the end's Ooh. lovely um there's, yeah there's baby toothlesses in it it's uh yeah oh yeah, beyond sweet, beyond cute. It melts my heart, I have to say. And it's not much, it's not easy to melt this heart, but um, yeah. I always remember in um, the Shrek films, the little donkey dragon babies. 
yes. that melted my heart too. No, so that's maybe fair, ba- yeah. you know, baby dragon creatures yeah. melts hearts. But yeah, no, so it's over now apparently. Um, yeah, no, it, it, that sounds yeah, it's it's good, but I was I was hoping for great because yeah. the other two are are superb. So you know, it's ever so slightly disappointed. Yeah, but at the same time, it hasn't spoiled it for me. Mm. So yeah, that is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Uh, Amazing. What, what have you watched? What else um, have you been watching? Well, I've, well, I've watched a film that you haven't seen. Ha 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 ha. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Green Book. I went to see it and it was such a joy. I cried. It had wow, okay. everything in it. Like, I think a lot of people have been dissing it and I'm not really sure why because I, I personally couldn't really find anything. I think there's a bit of a backlash because the director used to get his knob out all the time. Oh really? Yeah, oh, and it's, just, some... it's one of the Farrelly, but it's Peter Farrelly, isn't it, from the Farrelly brothers? And he used to as a yeah. And then I think oh. another the writer has potentially said something anti-Semitic. Or, oh yeah, he, yeah. He, he said something around the time of um, something anti-Muslim, didn't he? But I think he's he's apologised that now. It doesn't okay. take away from the the film no. in itself. But I think that might be why it's being bashed. Yeah, um, I th- I think that I I read somewhere that it's some people didn't quite they didn't think that the um, uh, race relations in the Deep South were talked about um, as much as they should have been, and 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 given. Um, uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but I think that's one of the other reasons. But what I really liked about this film is that it's written by um, the son of Viggo Mortensen's character. Right, so okay. like it's so, um, and I was like fact checking because you know how I like to fact check my historical. Yeah dramas um and <clears throat> yeah it's um really factually accurate okay because apparently i mean i don't know maybe there's some embellishing from his dad and don shirley as a musician yeah. but he was like the son like got a lot of has got a lot of first-hand accounts over like a decade so yeah. you know and i just think it had everything in it for me that i love it had new york it had it was the 50s it had um people saying how are you doing i'm walking here it had the mob it had jazz i thought i was it in new had, york for a second exactly one, I'll be right <laughs> yeah um it had um yeah vigo mortensen was so good in this was it like and um, um mahershala ali was incredible as well and i i think actually um the way they played off against each other was was so natural and so good um say good like it's such a generic adjective but i don't want to say amazing um it was amazing why not yeah it's amazing so what um, you think so what you think you know um and um yeah so um for those of you who don't know about the film it's basically um vigo mortensen's character tony lip he's uh works at the coca cabana <clears throat> it gets shut down for a little bit he needs a new job he gets employed by him and his character's a bit racist he gets employed by don shirley who's a jazz musician um and he drives him around um the southern states to do a uh a tour which obviously is quite difficult in 50s america because the south is super racist um and they have to follow a little green book which is basically a list of where black people can stay in the south where they're allowed to it's kind of like a buddy comedy but with um a lot of drama and a lot of heart and yeah it was brilliant please go see it I will. I could, yeah. I, I will catch up with that one. Hopefully this week or what we know. No, we're on Thursday now. Probably next week now. But I will try and catch up with it. Um, this is one we've both seen, so I think we'll probably t- just talk about this uh, yeah. together and then leave it at that for this section. Yeah. Uh, this is Destroyer from director Karen Kusama. Is that have I Kusama? Karen Kusama. Kusama. 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Karen Kusuma. Um, yeah, Destroyer, uh, starring Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Um, this is an incredibly gritty kind of proceed. Well, not really. Sort of cop revenge drama is a good way to describe it. Yeah. I think. Um, so the kind of gist of this one is Nicole Kidman's character uh, has been undercover um, and is definitely wearing some scars of her time undercover oh gosh, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. She's yeah. almost unrecognisable. Yeah. Um, uh, she's drinking a lot. She's got some demons from her past that yeah. certainly stem from her time um, yeah. undercover in the gang of bank robbers led by Toby Kebbell's character, Silas, who has some of the worst hair I think I've seen yeah. This side of 2018. Yeah, it's so like 90s vampire, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think kind of think Tom Hiddleston in Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, but yeah. Sorry, Toby Kevin, you can't really pull it off in the same way that Tom Hiddleston does. Or like Tom Hiddleston Loki hair, I guess. But anyway, yeah. I think we're focusing too much on Toby Kevin's hair and not the rest <laughs> of the film here. So yeah, kind of. So it's a like hard bit and sort of cop revenge um, thriller. Um, I, this blew me away. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Mm. Like absolutely blew me away. I think the like the Nicole Kidman performance. That much as a lot has been made about that, and rightfully so. I think mm. she's absolutely incredible here. Yeah, she's playing completely against type. Um, physical transformation. I think works really well. Yeah. Um, some people have said she looks. I've been reading things that she looks alien and a bit odd, and it's just like, no, I think she just looks old and beat up yeah <laughs> like, completely which she is mm-hmm. um so yeah her performance is superb i think the the set pieces are nothing short of spectacular i think i i, I think i wrote on i did review this for for a, a site that i write for mm. and um i think for me the bank robbery is probably some of the best i've seen this side of heat mm. in all honesty i just thought the action scenes were just so tense yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. like widows the wid the set pieces in widows were good right but I thought this even sort of upped, upped the ante on that, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I also um, reviewed this film for for another, another website. Um, and um, I just thought, it, yeah, it kind of harked back to early 70s LA cop films. It was a bit like Dirty Harry, Serpico. I completely forgot I was watching Nicole Kidman yeah. um, during film. Um, and I thought the... Um, um, I've forgotten the um, lady who's the uh, cinematographer, but the 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 transitions were so interesting. The yeah. use of color and um, fading into Nicole Kidman's grizzled face, and Nicole just like doesn't hold back in this film at all. And it's funny with her because you watch her in interviews, and she's actually she's like quite a um, she is like a canvas really. She's not like a super. Um, char- she's charismatic but she's not a super interesting person no she's well trained yeah. you know but like she is a canvas and she does throw herself into films um, and this is just an incredible performance and um, I think I'm really shocked that um, Karen Kasama didn't get nominated for an Oscar with this or Nicole didn't get a lead yeah. actress nomination because I think it um it does show how there's a complete bias um, in the industry because this is an amazing film. Why didn't it get nominated? You've got eight, um, well, or however many um, Oscar noms there, not a single female this year. Mm. You know, and then you've got so you know, Destroyer and You Were Never Really Here got completely yeah. missed. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm re- I, I hope Destroyer gets more of a wider release because it is a real amazing achievement. Yeah, no, I thought it was superb. Yeah, it's, it's a word of warning. It's a very bleak film. Uh, Sebastian stands in this as well. Really good in yeah, the supporting yeah, role. Possibly slightly wasted. Yeah. Uh, t- possibly doesn't get that much to do with it, but I thought he was really good. And, and there Steve is. McNary. 
Yes, Scoot McNary's Scoot McNary's a solid supporting actor, I think. Um, yeah, and the, like the way that there's very, very, very cool way they've played around with the narrative, and like something happens towards the end, and you're just like, oh, yeah, shit, that so was so good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I did not see it coming. Yeah. Like, well, the way they twist the narrative around is so well handled. Shyamalan, like, move out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was just like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> and yeah, that so that that really helped, and it works. It's it's not. It doesn't feel like. Like, I think the thing is when you do plot twists, sometimes they can feel like, oh, this is a bit of a gimmick just to get people talking about the film. Yeah. It really isn't here. It really works. Yeah. And if it, it, yeah. I mean, you might now know there's a plot twist, so apologies. You may be looking for it. But I think <laughs> I think even if you go in looking for it, I don't think you'll find it. No, no, I think no. what they do with it is, yeah, it's very, very clever. Yeah, really um, good. And I think it works really well. So, yeah, that's Destroyer. If you can find it at a cinema somewhere, go and find it at a cinema. I think it, it did get, well, we saw, I saw it at Odeon, so it yeah. hasn't got that loose, that it's gone fairly wide yeah. if it's over and I would have thought so. wasn't the soundtrack incredible as well yes oh my god yeah it was like yeah like not quite a Trent Reznor Ascus Ross mix but it was like that but ramped up even more yeah. you know if they didn't want to just do Atmos it was like so good yeah, yeah. really good really good Super. so that's Destroyer so check that out um, we'll be back after this break with our feature review of Can You Ever Forgive Me Right, welcome back. And um, Paul, can you ever forgive me for being really tired today that I can't get my words out properly? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> can you ever forgive me though was a really, really interesting film. Let's talk about it. Yes. So just to set this one up, um, you have Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant here, uh, starring in a film directed by Marielle uh, Marielle Heller. Um, so yeah, the concept of Can You Ever Forgive Me is Melissa McCarthy plays uh, a struggling author, I think that's fair to say, yeah. uh, called Lee Israel, uh, who is a real character. This is, yep. a, this is based on a true story. Fact. Who, um, <laughs> have you checked the facts on this one? Not yet. Okay. Uh, who basically is struggling to make ends meet, can't really get a book published, and is on pretty hard times, to be honest, living in a flat oh, full of cat no. shit, uh, and quite a tragic figure, drinking too much, and yeah, not really having the best of times, shall we say. No. Um, she happens across a letter from another author I believe yeah. um, and realises that she can sell this for money she sells this for money she finds another letter that she has she kind of collects letters or uh, well, has a, mm-hmm. a small collection of letters I think because she works biographies about other writers and yeah. about other fam- and about like, actors and actresses and that kind yeah. of thing um, <clears throat> so she then realises she's onto something here tries to sell the second letter they go well it's not very interesting if there was an interesting PS, PS on that we could probably give you quite a bit more money for it so she proceeds to add PS's to all of these letters and then yeah. basically starts make, just starts rewriting and then writing letters from celebrities to people uh, mm. and selling them um, which is fraudulent it is and yes suffice to say it doesn't go to plan for the whole film um, along the way she bumps into Richard E. Grant's character in a bar who I believe is a I'm not sure what he does. He seems like a struggling author or like well, a Klingon. Or... He's um, his character from With Nell and I, isn't he? But he a is bit basically more flamboyant. Play... I thought I, I thought that as well. I just thought basically, yeah, this is just yeah, this is this is With Nell here. Like he is just playing an older With Nell for sure, uh, which is great. He's Richard yeah. Grant is a joy to watch in that. But before we talk about what we thought of the film, here's a clip. Going through Lee Israel. Jack Hawk. Last time I saw you, thank you, we were both pleasantly pissed at some horrible book card. Am I right? It's slowly flooding back to me. 
You're friends with um, Julia somewhere. Steinberg? Yeah. She's not an agent anymore. She died. She did? Jesus, that's young. Maybe she didn't die. Maybe she just moved back to the suburbs. I was confused there, too. No, that's right. She got married and had twins. Better to have died. Indeed. So, what did you think? Let's start with your thoughts. Let's start with my thoughts, yeah. as I handed over to you to introduce the section. Yeah. And you've just gone, so what did you think? <laughs> uh, thanks, Grace. Um, no problem. Right. What I thought is I'd, I'd really rather enjoyed this this whole thing, I have to say. Mm. Um, I think the, yeah, the subject matter is a fascinating one. Um, Melissa McCarthy is nothing short of superb here. Yeah. Um, she's almost redeemed herself for last year's output. Um, the that? Happy Time Murders oh, and yeah. Life of the Party, which were both You know awful. what, though, with Happy Time Murders, <laughs> yeah. I never said it because, you know, because you and... You, you all hated it and yeah. I, I I didn't think it was as bad as everyone said but okay. the one good thing about because I again I'm, I'm a sucker for like grizzly cops yeah. and I thought just it wasn't necessarily Melissa McCarthy's fault like that no the that's true and she was actually good in that film Life of the Party was, was all her fault though because she yeah, co-wrote that yeah, I think yeah, with her husband fair so enough. yeah and um uh Spy and identity theft whatever yeah but i guess just a little little happy murder happy time murders defense there but yeah no, no but yeah no she has redeemed herself you're quite right it's just nice to see it's nice to see her in a more serious role to be honest because yeah, yeah. she's always she's always been a charismatic and she's always been easy to watch i think yeah um in yeah. terms of what she's done um her films haven't always lived up to her talent for sure no 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 um but i think she's she's great here and i think it's it's an interesting role that kind of lets her act, but also lets her lets her play on that kind of grumpy, that grumpy humorous persona that that she that she sports so well. Because there are elements of sort of other Melissa McCarthy roles in the way she like the opening scene where she's at work and she tells him to fuck off, yeah, 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 uh, and then just downs a drink and walks out. That's that yeah. sort of classic. Yeah. comedic Melissa McCarthy yeah, but, but played very well for dramatic yeah, effect completely. so and I think yeah I think it's um the Oscar nod is probably deserved here I think in in terms yeah. of the strength of the performance because I think she's she's great here yeah and it's it's really nice to see um a female-led film where the woman isn't just like some uh, it's, it's an interesting role it's a real role you know yeah. women can be grumpy rude alcoholic idiots sometimes as yeah. well so it's really nice to actually see not only um a film including um a real like female role but also being led in that way as well yeah. um i think but um i i i liked it I, I wasn't completely overwhelmed by it and like you know like we joked about richard e grant's character he was he was good but he was just being richard e grant as usual so um but richard e grant is very watchable he is watchable <laughs> but yeah no i and i think i think i warmed to him more as the film went on but i think the the initial meeting between mm. um lee israel and him um I, it was a bit too much but maybe that was the point of it maybe he that's why he does fall out with people because he's too much but um yeah i i i, I enjoyed it and i, I liked how um this character, this woman, like completely full loads of like idiots. Basically, it was it was so funny. Just yeah, like, I think it, well, yeah, no, it raises like, it raises an interesting else? question. Doesn't it? Because she, <laughs> so, the, so there's there's one point where they go to see like I suppose to an art fair or a collector's fair yeah. where they talk to a dealer. They talk to a dealer who's got a letter from someone incredibly famous, uh, and they're like, oh, "How much would that go for?" And she's like, "It'd be nineteen hundred dollars." And they're kind of shocked at how much it would be. And then she's recommending dealers not to go and speak to, mm. and about how the fact that. 
I think what it raises the question is actually, did some of the dealers know and just not care? Yeah, like, yeah. And that, that does come that. up where you go, okay, well, yeah, this is this is clearly fake. But, yeah, but... But fuck it, if I can sell it. I've got a letter Then I'll sell it. So, so yeah, fine. so I think that, yeah. that raises that issue. But, yeah, it's almost it almost seems like it's it would be too easy to... Yeah. To go and to go and sell these fraudulent letters, really. yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's that's an interesting take on it. I think. What did you think? I've read some comments and possibly one from yourself. Did you think it was too long? Did, yeah, did I say? thought it was a bit long. It was only it, it was, was only an hour and forty five as it stands. But oh really? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um. It, I think it should have been yeah ninety. I think it was a bit yeah. Uh, it did feel it did feel long, um, but I don't know whether that's just because the actual idea in itself was. It, it could have been it could have been done in like a tv movie i guess mm. in that way because it the, the, the there was only so much one could tell with that story i guess yeah. so it kind of felt like rich d grant's bits were maybe and the, the bits with the cat were kind of more elongated to, yeah. as filler maybe i don't know but you know i must i was a sucker for it in a way because it's set in new york and you know i love any film that's set in new york yeah unless it's fake new york which i get very yeah. angry about <laughs> um so um, yeah, no, it did feel long for me. Did you feel? It was I yeah, I thought maybe the not yeah, I think maybe the pacing was a little bit off in places, and I think I kind of agree. There's not, there's only so many, there's only so many times you can see uh, Lee Israel walk in and try and sell fraudulent paintings. Like, and I yeah. think the only, the only thing I would say that didn't really go anywhere was the relationship with the uh, woman in the bookshop. Oh yeah, that kind of ended. That, yeah, there's so there's there is um, there's like a a narrative strand where uh, Lee Israel makes friends with or possibly romance I don't know whether they're alluding to romance in it mm. um, with with a woman who works in the bookshop that she sold these letters to and then you think oh, okay okay I can see where this is going and then that breaks down um, and then it just never gets picked up again so that probably was my only criticism of it really I, th- I thought that plot I thought that plot line didn't go anywhere and I thought it, I, I wanted a bit more closure on that to see yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I think overall, um, Melissa McCarthy's performance was was definitely really, really good, um, really natural. She obviously um, had done her research on the character yeah. um, and was passionate about it, which I think always helps. Well, the, did you the, the bits in the credits at the end were great because there's the, so some of the letters that she faked from Noel Coward yeah. went into Noel Coward's biography Love in two thousand and seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then were. And then were taken out in the next edition yeah. of no, the, the No Coward biography, which I think yeah. is great. Yeah, and, and that credit scene was cool because it had a, a Lou Reed song, which isn't played that often. So I was quite happy. So New York. Yeah. And Paul Simon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I, I wouldn't, it's the kind of film I wouldn't usually go to the cinema to see. Yeah. Um, it's not really a cinema movie, but you know. It was um, it was a very busy. But now you're on the show to, on a regular basis. Know. We need to watch some films. So I've got to watch, I've got to watch all the films. <laughs> <laughs> I get really I get really cross nowadays because I, I went to this screening of Can You Ever Forgive Me and I kind of expect because I always go during the day because I expect it to be really quiet and I yeah. turned up and it was nearly sold out and I was like oh for goodness sake yeah I'm with you on that <laughs> one yeah it's frustrating at times I've got all my snacks in my bag and now it's a really busy screen and I can't go into it and just crunch away I'm one of those people at the cinema so. <laughs> but I, I'm always really concerned with my snacks where I'll like wait until Good. there's a big like explosion or something and then I'll open the snack and then yes, I'll so I, I hate it I'm like I need complete silence do you yeah if anyone even moves funny it's put, it puts me on edge I don't so. like it when people go to the loo during like not not actually relieve themselves in the screen but like there's when there's like a real like um intense bit of conversation and then someone like stomps down the stairs next to you I'll be honest like, I'd oh. rather I'd rather someone wet themselves next to me <laughs> 
than walked across in front of me during the film. Oh. <laughs> I'd part up with the smell. Oh my god! But I was just we've got saying, it quite dark now, haven't we? I was just saying before <laughs> before we started recording as well about how I went when I went to see Glass and there was um, someone had brought Furbies to the cinema. Yeah, that's bonkers. What what the heck is actually going on? I think there should be like a Furby watch now. Be careful, cinema workers. Check bags for Furbies. But I reckon that you, as you said, I reckon they're probably hiding cameras in them, and they've, they're they're probably yeah, they're last last on them because they're sitting at home now watching their high resolution 4K recording yeah, of, of the film Glass. Yeah, 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 yeah completely. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, no, no such thing. But can you ever forgive me? Which no. was nice. No such weird. So antics. yeah, can you ever forgive me? Good, but yeah. not great. Not great. I would say good performances, but yeah, a bit of a bit of a telly movie for me. No, fair enough. Um, fair enough. Yeah. I like, yeah, I liked it, but with with some reservations. It's, you, you probably won't watch it twice. No, realistically, but it's a, yeah. It, but what it does do is mark out Melissa McCarthy as a serious actress. I think probably yeah. for the first time. I might be mistaken on that one, but I yeah, think, I can't think of I'd anything. like to see her do more serious roles based on this because she's proved very good at them. Or yeah. based on the basis of this, anyway, I think she'd be good. So, yeah, completely. Yeah, deserved Oscar nomination for Melissa McCarthy. Deserves Oscar nomination for Richard E. Grant being Richard E. Grant. Yeah, just so. Yeah, why just, not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, well that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's show. So in the meantime, yep, yeah, send us your short films if you want us to review them. Um, I can't promise we will because we might get sent well, we have been sent a lot in the past, so yeah. I'll read through them. If they if they interest us, we will review them. So if there's any way you can make it interesting or go this is what this is about, if you can grab us in a byline, then grab us yeah. in a byline. Um and we will certainly have a look at those. Um in the meantime, we will be back next week with uh, director, Jeff, film director Jeff Harmer. We will be talking about. I imagine he'll be talking about his up and coming project, Dead Air, which looks very exciting. Sorry, Jeff, I've put you on the spot there. So you now will be talking about Dead Air next week, <laughs> uh, and we will be talking in detail about the film Legend, and we'll probably have a feature review of the Lego Movie Two. Oh, because that is out tomorrow. Is that out? It's is out it? tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do that next week, Grace? I'll do my best. Okay, yeah. So there we go. So we'll be back next week. In the meantime, find us on at Strangers Cinema on Twitter, Strangers in the Cinema on Instagram and Facebook. And please talk to us and let us know what you think of the Oscar nominations. Uh, and I will do much better to talk back now. I'm running the social media by myself again. So, yeah, I will be better. Uh, we'll be back next week with some regularity. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.